the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are back to exploring the Ten Commandments here once again on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Welcome to our Monday edition of the program. Exodus chapter 19 and 20 is where you'll find us. Join us there as we get things underway on Way of Grace. I'm not under law, I'm under grace. Have you heard that before? It's been said quite often. The fact is, if you are outside of the grace of God in Christ, you are under the law. And it is the law that will continually expose you for who you are, somebody outside of the grace of God in Christ. But you see, that's what the law is for, to drive us back to Christ. Because while you and I can never perfectly obey the law, Jesus has. And that is the joy that we find in our time together today as we continue our series, Arise, Move, and Go. These 10 words will do. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward with today's Way of Grace. Point number two, the inability to receive His Word. This is so absolutely clear. Sub-point A, we cannot bear His voice. That's what they were saying. We cannot bear God's voice. Listen to Psalm 29, verses 4 through 9. Listen to Psalm 29, 4 through 9. The psalmist puts it this way. And does this not correspond with our text? Listen, the voice of the Lord is what? See it? They could not stand his voice. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of what? Look at, look at verse 5. I'm going through 9. The voice of the Lord does what? Breaks the cedars. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. Listen, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon, verse, five, verse 6. He makes them also to skip like calves. Lebanon and Syria like a young unicorn. What is he saying? If you don't know, when God's voice shakes the land, all of the deer start running. They all start scattering for the hills. Here, theologians and scholars of that day, I'm talking about the prophets, they actually believe that God spoke in the thunder. God spoke in the lightning. God spoke in the earthquake and the moving of the earth. I actually believe that. Can I tell you why? And I won't be here long. There's no such thing as absolute natural law. We can make up all the rules we want to. We can make up all of the laws of physics, the Newtonian laws. All of those are markers. But what about what's behind it driving it? What's moving the earth to quake? What's moving the thunder and lightning? What's moving the clouds and the intelligibility that they engage in? Your scientists can't tell you that. Listen, if I had to, um, if I had to be judged on how many times the weatherman gets the weather wrong, I wouldn't have a job. Right, because they're all speculating. 
Now we're into a whole nother dimension with them manipulating the weather. We know that. But what I am saying is what they do, and this is mankind and his pathological capacity to lie to you. God will grant man the instrumental means of being able to actually observe and recognize patterns in creation. And they'll call that first causes. We say, sorry, that is not first cause. Those are instrumental means. The first cause is invisible. The Bible tells me we know that the things that are made are not made by the things that are seen, but by the things that are unseen. Even his eternal power and Godhead, meaning the way this world functions, there has to be a God behind it that's upholding it, governing it, allowing it to function the way that it does. It only makes sense. And so here, the psalmist is laying out before us the power of God's voice as he speaks. Look at verse 7 and then uh, 8 and 9. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. Verse 8. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. That's where Israel is now. Verse 9. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf. That's again, the deer are running. He discovereth the forest. What does that mean? The lightning lights it up at night and you can see everything. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? He exposes the forest and his, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his what? God is glorious in all that he does. See, we don't, we don't give the attribution of this world to mother nature. We give it to father God. All right. Now mother nature may have her job instrumentally, but God almighty is the creator and sustainer and upholder of this universe. I, it's very important for you to see it. And this is what Israel was dealing with. Job chapter 37, verse one through five, Job will say the same thing. Now, Job is like Abraham, the oldest, oldest prophet in the scriptures. He goes way back to the days of Abraham. Listen to what Job says. At this, my heart trembled and is moved out of its place. Verse two, we want to walk this through. He attentively, he attentively, he uh, hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. Now notice what Job is saying. Listen attentively to the noise of his voice. Now see, long ago before folks had GPS, that's what they had to do. Long ago before there were automobiles, that's what they had to do. Long ago before there were any kind of maps, atlas maps or what have you, you had to really pay attention to the way God spoke in creation. You had to be careful about weather patterns. You had to be careful about gathering clouds. You had to be careful about the way the wind blew. You had to be careful about the thunder and the lightning. All of that was intelligent for people that lived at the native level of the ground. Am I making sense? And most of y'all should know that. Hurry up and understand. We are really removed far away from our sensibility to the God of heaven and earth because of all this technology. We're more dumb now than we ever have been. Way more dumb now than we ever have been. Our kinfolk know way more about navigating this planet than we do. They can feel the sensibility of the ground moving and they can tell us when things are about to occur. They can tell by the way the wind blows or what's flying in the air. They can tell by the leaves. They can tell by the movement of the trees. So much of God's intelligible speech are known by common native people on the ground than you and I know. This is why Job is saying you better listen to him. Verse three, verse three. He directed it under the whole of heaven and his lightning unto the end of the earth. See it? He's talking about how God governs the earth. Verse four. 
After it, a voice roareth. Now, isn't that true? The lightning flashes, that's verse 3. After it, the voice what? Roareth. Is that true? You, you, get this, you get this lightning flash and then you get what? Has anybody grown up in the country like me? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Once that lightning flash, you better hold on. Right? Right? Especially if you live in the old shanty, ha- uh, you know, little shanty towns where things can blow over and fall out, fall down real quick. Lightning strike it, it's over with. It roars. Uh, after it, a voice roars. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. I think one more verse is all I want to do here. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot what? We're still in that place today. No matter how smart men are trying to be, as long as we excise God from the equation, we are deceiving ourselves. I'm giving you that to help you understand why I am totally in agreement with 1.3 to 4 million people that says we don't want to hear from God again. Did y'all get what I just stated? I'm totally with them. They couldn't endure his voice. That's what the Hebrew writer said. They couldn't endure his voice. It's powerful language. They couldn't endure his voice. Again, I need you to see that before we go on. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 19, they couldn't endure his voice. And the writer also is going to give us a little insight into what that means that I want you to capture. Here it is. He says, in the sound of the trumpet blowing and the voice of words, again, nobody was talking on that day but who? God. Which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. And so God obliged them. He never spoke to them again like that. Y'all got that? Look at the next verse. For they could not endure that which was commanded. See it? They couldn't endure it. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. God was serious on that day, was he not? God was serious on that day. And the children of Israel learned something about God, that God is holy and God is not to be messed with. And they finally told Moses, that's enough. That this is enough. We don't need to hear any more commandments from God. We'll hear from you. They could not endure the word. They could not endure the word. Literally, in the grammar, what that means is they couldn't handle the way the statements were coming. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out the house of bondage. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God before me. Slow down. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven image of anything above or anything in the earth or anything under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to worship or serve them. And then he began to utter the other enumerations very clearly. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. 
You shall honor the Sabbath day. You shall love your mother and your father. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet, lust after, greedily desire, scheme or plan from a wicked heart to take anything that is your neighbor's, his wife, his house, his ox, his ass, nothing shall you look upon that is not yours. And lo- stop, Moses, stop. That's it. We don't want to hear anymore. Am I helping you? That's where they stopped. They said, no, no. And see, that list right there, that enumeration, would send all of us to hell right now. Yeah, I know you're thinking you're not as bad as the Hebrew people, but let me let, you, let your mediating pastor help you. You are. Let your mediating pastor help you. You are. You violated it at the first command. Idolatry. Now, am I making some sense? Right. See, I get them. This is why in our outline, this is the way that I kind of put it. It's an amazing thing. I'm under point number three for time's sake. The insistence on a mediator made sense to me. It made sense to me. An insistence on a mediator made sense to me. Again, looking at verse 19, and they said unto Moses, Moses, you speak with us. We know you. We can endure your voice. We can put up with you. Moses, your voice is nowhere near as loud as God. Plus, Moses, we can kill you if we want to. See, they're already done three months with Moses, have they not? And all Moses ever did, you're getting ready to learn something. I'm going to spend the rest of this time talking about mediation. All Moses ever did was try to do what God said and get them to do what God said. That's all he ever tried to do. And they, they, they realized now they were wrong over and over and over again with Moses. And Moses is still there. See what I'm getting at? See, what they are recognizing now is they need a mediator. See, what they are also recognizing is they don't have the intrinsic qualification to draw near to God. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. See, what these people are admitting, Nairobi, is that they're sinners. They're sinners. And the Bible is very clear that God shall shake out all sinners from Jerusalem and Zion. Right. That puts us in a predicament, doesn't it? If God's going to shake out all sinners from Zion and Jerusalem and I'm a sinner, I'm doomed without a mediator. See what I'm getting at? Moses, you talk with us. It looks like God will allow you to talk with us. And if you talk with us, I think we'll do fine. Good job. Good job. See, and this is the reason why God did it, because he'll tell you in Exodus chapter 20, the reason why he did it was to test Israel, to prove them. To, to show them who he was and the appropriateness of them standing back and requesting a mediator to stand between them and God makes all the sense in the world to me. In fact, as I told you, as we get ready to unpack this, from the beginning of time, mankind has always needed a mediator. 
See, when God was fellowshipping in the person of Christ with Adam and Eve, here comes the snake. And he helps create a problem, a wedge between God and them, right? And immediately upon them eating of the fruit, they hear the voice of the Lord calling. What do they do? They run and hide like fugitives. Now they're in the same place, are they not? They're in the same place where they cannot handle or endure the straight word. We heard your voice and we were afraid. And what does God do for them? He gives them a mediator. He covers their nakedness, clothes them with coats of skin, sheds the blood of a lamb, and sends them down the road. And from that point on, God has used mediators. He's used mediators. He had to do it with his kids. Cain and Abel needed the mediation of mom and dad who were leaders in worship. Cain kills his brother Abel and God lets Cain live. Next thing you know, chapter four, men are calling upon the name of the Lord. And one of the primary mediators in that early era was prophets like Enoch and Lamech and uh, and, and Noah. They were all prophets because they were speaking in the behalf of God. God was not talking to them. Am I making some sense? And here it is. The children of Israel made it very clear. Let us not speak with God lest we die. Subpoint A, their weakness led to their withdrawal. Does that make sense? Their weakness led to their withdrawal. God's talking to them and they say, oh, stop. Reminds me of John chapter 8, verse 6. Full letter. Remember that morning Jesus was teaching Sunday school? This is John chapter 8. And, uh, and the Pharisees who were always trying to catch Jesus in a lie, because they were just like the rulers of Israel in that day. They didn't see his glory. They brought a woman in the midst who was taken in the uh, act of adultery. Y'all remember that? Never did bring the fella in. Right? So, so this is the kangaroo court from the beginning, right? Because you, you, you can't bring in the abuse and not bring in the perpetrator of the abuse. But this goes to show you what we're dealing with today with all this woke doctrine, Okay. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus did what? He stooped down with his finger like he did with Moses as Moses went up to the top of the mount because Jesus wrote the Ten Commandments on two stone tables and gave them to Moses to give to the people. Now, Jesus is writing because Jesus is God's word. Jesus knows Torah. Jesus is obeying the Father. Now, these rulers, they started looking down on what Jesus was writing. And the text says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. And you know what the text shows us in John chapter 8? They all did like religious folk do. Raise their heads, start walking away. They all start walking away. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. Excuse me. Excuse me. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whenever the law of God exposes you, unless you are Jesus, it will spy you out and show you to be a sinner for what you are by nature. And I love it because I'm sharing with you how that Jesus now is representing what Moses did then, mediating for a woman who was in trouble under the law. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? Yes. They ran down that mountain, scattered and said, Moses, you preach, bro, you preach. Subpoint B in our third point, their request for a mediator was wise. I can tell you now, I'm going to make, uh, deal with two, two, sub, two other subpoints here. This was what Moses was called to. 
Think about it. Moses gets called from the backside of the mountain and God tells him, I need you to go deliver my people. Didn't he? What is God doing? He's using a mediator. He's using a mediator. So now what Moses is in some good shape to be 80 years old. He running up to Egypt, running back to the desert, running up to Egypt, running back. This goes on a whole year. God tells Moses, go tell Pharaoh. Y'all got that? Listen to me. God never spoke to Pharaoh. God has nothing to say to the wicked. He has nothing to say to the guilty sinner. If you're going to hear from God, you're going to hear from God through his prophetic word. The way men come to know God is through the word. God uses a mediator. Moses, go tell him, I'm going to take him out in one year. God after God after God after God after God after God. And do you guys remember? Moses went up and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Moses says, I knew you were going to say that. Go back down to here. What you going to do, God? And he goes back and he tells Pharaoh what he's going to do. And God does it, does he? Kill up every one of the gods of Egypt and then finally kills Pharaoh's son. And I share with you one beautiful insight because I could go on a long time about the doctrine of mediation. Even Pharaoh benefited from the fact that God didn't talk to him directly. Because after a while, as God was whooping that tail, and he was whooping that tail for seven, eight, nine months, just whooping that tail. I mean, straight up whooping that tail. Was he? Bank account tow up, fish stinking, frogs all in the house, cattle withered, whipping that tail, just straight up whipping that tail. Exodus chapter 9, verse 23. Listen to it. Exodus 9, 23. Listen to what the text says. This is about the Elisa. Uh, and Moses stretched forth the rod towards heaven. This is the time when he's sending thunder and hail. And the fire ran along the ground and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. By the way, do you, can you imagine the thunder and the storms and the clouds and all that? Israel now is experiencing that same thing. So they're being reminded that the God that they're dealing with now is the God that was dealing with Pharaoh. Y'all got that? Israel is dealing with the clouds and the thunder and all that. They should have hurried up and remember, oh, Lord, do y'all remember what he did to Pharaoh that day? Now, God protected Goshen because he was letting them know when you're my elect, I will protect you from the judgment of the wrath upon your soul. And notice, and the Lord rained hell upon the ground of Egypt. Verse 24, watch it. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. Verse 25, I want to roll it through the narrative. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Was God getting down that day or what? Tearing it all up. Now look at the next verse. Here it is. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel was, there was no hell. Does God know how to separate the righteous from the wicked? Verse 27. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned. I have sinned. This is Jimmy Swagger. I have sinned this time. Watch this. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Sounds good, doesn't it? That's your TBN. That's all your fake religious media on TV. Fake. You hear it all the time. Fake. Like, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen. If you and I really are perpetrators of false religion, we can cry crocodile tears in front of the camera. We can make everybody want to send in more money because we're pretending to repent. 
But all we're doing is actually wanting you to fill our coffers up with your tears in exchange for money. Did y'all hear what I just said? Listen very carefully. When God's dealing with your tail, he does not mean for you to go public with it. He doesn't want you to tell the world how bad you are, how sinful you are, how wrong you are. You take it to God in your closet and work it out with God alone. You don't need man's approval and you don't need his disapproval. All of that is a scam and religious religious television so y'all can get off the money and give it to him. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.